today's episode, Dave interviews writer Alex Bays. Alex was nominated for an Emmy on his work on Saturday Night Live. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Most of the people that have come have been really positive people. Yeah. That have been on the show, on, the, on this podcast. Weird. I've not, I have think of myself as a negative person, which is but interesting. But here's the thing. I don't... You have... The, the, you're working... You're working... Mm-hmm. And you're working doing something that you love with doing. True. And if you weren't, if you weren't at least loving <laughs> the aspect of your yeah. life, that aspect of your life, you wouldn't do it. That is true. So I don't look at. It's not like I'm. I'm not looking for people who are having interviewed people who are jolly and happy all the time. <laughs> right. Because um, gotcha. I've interviewed you know Susan Messing who has an opinion. Do you know Susan? <laughs> yes, I remember Susan. Yeah, Susan yeah. has a strong opinion, and. Um, then you got Rose Abdu, who's who's also is oh, yeah. perky, but she can she's be sharp. She's very. That's a great way to put it. She's really <laughs> she's sharp. Very sharp. Yeah, she's yeah, really yeah. sharp. Um, um, yeah. And then you know George went was on it, and uh, George is really great. And there's some things that George is not a negative person. You right. know, he said some things. You like? Can we take that out? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's but it's more along the lines of the work that you do or the work that. The work that you do, you've been doing it for so long, and you're and you're so fucking good at it. Oh, thank you. Do you believe that? I can't ever completely believe that. Um, it feels like a dangerous ground to completely believe that. Mm-hmm. First of all, because I think that's where laziness starts. Really, is when you're like, well, I've got this. I know how to do this. But if I don't not, have if, to think about it too much. Or, but if that's not in your makeup. You know, because this is why I feel about it. There is no such thing as lazy. I don't believe there's anything as lazy, and I could be talked out of it. I've heard that theory before. And it's I interesting. Know, for uh, me, Rachel's it's the idea. Brother used to say that all the time. What would he say? He, he said he didn't believe in laziness. What did he call it? Um, he did not have another word for it. Well, I don't have another word for it as much as I have <laughs> the idea of lazy. Says um, you, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. Or, right. Or, or there's, there's that should that that measurement of you're not doing it right. Yes. Right. I well, I call that. Uh, Catholicism. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's right. right. That's and the system, the first system I was introduced to. I know. I know that about you. And, so. and, and, and that you've released that. Have you? To whatever extent it's possible to do that, which I don't think is 100%. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if it's 98% or 30 It can't help but be in you a little bit, <laughs> it's right? It's in you a little bit at all times. The idea that you should at least be on guard. Wow. Against your own pride. Right, you know, right um, against you know whatever temptations there supposedly are, mm-hmm. um, but you are always on guard. Isn't that weird that that governor that's there that yeah. that says you can only go so far in doing what it is that you want to do, and right. that's really what religion is all about. And yes. I think that there are a lot of people that are it's bucking about, up against. It's about that. T- turning you away from the chase for joy. Is it like? That will lead you on your own path. Right. And we have a path for you. Isn't that interesting? So if, you, if we can get you disinterested in joy, then we can take over all of your thoughts and actions. It's, we, and I, it's I don't not, know, you know. I don't, I don't know just, if they're, they're pushing you away from joy, but they're certainly leading you to, toward their version of joy. Right. And that's just such an interesting thing. And so like, I'm mm-hmm. going to steer you away from chocolate because we think we want, we're going to, we're gonna we're gonna in chocolate really right. chocolate really yes I'd like to talk to you about triscuits. <laughs> like, eh, I don't I really like the chocolate though. Well, uh, right. if you pursue the chocolate, here are all the horrible things that will happen to you. Right, and so the, all those things like like uh, the concept of uh, pride and um, and gluttony and all those things that that right. make you measure all those joys. Right, all those joys <laughs> that make you met that. Uh, how do you measure that? How do you say, well, gluttony, all right, if I have another scooping of ice cream, <laughs> right. you know, I'm going to be a glutton. The idea of laziness, though, is I feel that, you're, that I'm just not compelled to do that thing. Right. Right. Um, yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Right. And, there, yeah, when there's something you really want to do and you love to do, then you find that you have sort of boundless energy for it. Right. What, even if you're lazy about everything else. You know, I do that to myself with household tasks and errands. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> I always will call myself lazy. I'm right. being lazy. Why won't you fold this laundry? It's like I have no 
desire to fold. I, I want it to be folded. Right. I have no desire to fold it. Right. <laughs> right, so right, right, right. It's not laziness. And it's it like, will get folded. Yeah, it'll get folded in a moment of like extreme panic or something. Where right. It's like, oh, if I fold this laundry, then I can excuse some other behavior. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there, did it. Exactly. And but, that, yeah. right, and that will, that will offset the feeling of <laughs> you being lazy about something else because at that moment I've done something. I did the laundry. That was one thing when I when I got when I got divorced. One of the things that I realized was, oh, I don't have to do that. Whatever <laughs> right. that was, I don't have to do that. Sure. Um, and boy, getting rid yeah. of that, you know, my divorce and and leaving that house yeah. that we had. Oh yeah, the giant in Silver Lake. House. And there, it was one project after another I project. I can't imagine. It was a big fucking <laughs> I house. I remember that house. Yeah. yeah. And there was always something that needed to be done, and there was something that had to be done, and right. there was something that I look at and I think, why do we have this if this is all the cons- if it's all yes. consuming? Yes. Yeah. And I'm very familiar. With, I didn't have a giant house or anything, but I'm very familiar. I'm also divorced, as you know. Right. And there are many, you know, it, it has nothing to do with the person in particular. There's always just a lot of things you have to do. Right. That you have no desire. It was like, we're going to the Hendersons to play poker tonight. Or right. Whatever. It's like, I don't want to do that. Oh, my God. I, I um, totally agree. And, but you, you're having to do a lot of things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's part, sometimes I thought it was like, this is good training. <laughs> it's making me do things that have to be done right. that I have no desire to do. <laughs> but you never get any better at that, is what I found out. No, no, like, you don't. I never got any better at wanting to go to the Hendersons. No, or having the Hendersons come over. I got better then, at poker. Right, <laughs> right. Did you go camping? Did you 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 did you did um, Burning Man? I did for five years. Right, I think. Which I you know, was not exactly camping. But, right, but it's I mean, well. The idea is this because I remember you leaving. I remember walking, Katie and I walking by your house, and y'all were packing up oh, the yes. Volkswagen, <laughs> right. and it's that idea of packing stuff up and loading it up and yeah. making sure that you have everything that you need Checklists. and all that stuff. And do we have this? And do we have that? And do we have this? And you know, when I go to a hotel, what I do is I go, I, I say, I've got my suitcase. Yeah. I have to do that now, even just when I go out of town. Before I was married, I've, I think I was on an airplane three or four times. And then I got married, and then we were flying somewhere all the time. And you got you streamline your process a little bit. Right. Like, oh, I, I, I can stop bringing these corduroy pants everywhere. Right. Do I don't wear them at home. Right. <laughs> so right, right. Why am I? So you get it all the way down. And I now, like the night before I travel, I still have the list going in my head. And I've figured out, it's like, all right. I have a debit card and I have a toothbrush and everything else I can figure out. It's so I'm going to stop looking in the suitcase. Right, it's paring it down. It's paring, <laughs> yes. but but it's also paring down your life. And for me, I feel like it's par- I I've pared down my life yes. into little compartmentalized things. And I've got this uh, this thing that I've been telling my students. Um, it's called uh, it's a club that you get to be a part of that you don't have to do anything with, and it's called <laughs> Fuck That Book Club. Fuck That Book. And this is the Fuck That Book Club. It's, you know that book that you have on your nightstand that you're never going to read? Yes. You're never going to fucking read it. Fuck that oh. book. You know what I mean? I'm not ready to let go. I know. <laughs> you know, you got to go, look at it and go, oh, man, am I really going to read that? You know I'm- what it is? I'm reading, uh, I'm reading. I started reading probably two years ago this book by, you know, Bill Bryson. Yes. Uh, it's a book called At Home, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a very sort of laborious, uh, it's well written, but it's a history of all the things in our homes and their origin. Mm-hmm. Like, why do forks have four tines instead of three? Well, here's the here's a chapter about it. Right. And it's like, it's fascinating in the long run, and yet uh, every time I pick it up, I'm like, ugh. Then fuck that book, to, Alex. I want to look, go on the internet and look at boobs. I know, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, of all the times that you, you could do these other I, things. That book is, that I will eventually fuck that book. Right. <laughs> I think that what you need to do is take that book into the, into the bathroom. Yeah. That's a bathroom book. We're, yeah. We're just, there's nothing else except this information. Exactly. And, and that's all it's going to be. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to take that and find out the four-time, three-time reason. And there's <laughs> right. also books in, and now I remember, I don't. Oh, you had your office, and you had a lot of books in your office back there, right? Oh, yeah. Um, 
I got rid of a boatload of books looking yeah. at thinking, I'm not going to reread that book. That book means nothing to me. <laughs> I'm true. never going to start that book. I'm never going to finish I that book. I am good about giving away books that I've read. Like, there's no way, there's so much information in the world that you want to take in. I'm not going to read a book twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you finding that the work so that you like do here. requires you to read more or does that not play into what it is that you do? I feel like it can only help you to have more information. Mm-hmm. Um, it forces you certainly to read the news, read the papers. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've had to read this uh, David Petraeus story right. that I don't really have any interest in because me personally outside the job... I don't care who it's he It's none bones. of our business. I'm it's not interested in that. <clears throat> right. um, I don't have like the lascivious angle on it. I don't. That doesn't interest me. But I, for the work, I have to know the details mm. to some degree, to like a working degree. Mm. So I'm having to read a lot of that stuff. But I find, you know, for the job at least, that you know, it doesn't help you to know a whole lot more than the viewer knows, right? Because you can't make jokes about anything they don't know about, right? And they know who David Petraeus is, roughly. <laughs> they right. know he's the CIA director. You know, they know he slept with a woman who was writing his biography, and they don't know much more than that. No. There's a lot more information available. Oh, certainly but, there is. But, they, you know, I can't make jokes off of things that people don't know about. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's no. something that comes up on the show a lot. Like this last week, we did a Homeland sketch. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, there was a lot of talk all week long about how many people watch Homeland. Do <laughs> we think what percentage of our audience... Um, watches Homeland. And Do you watch Homeland? I started last night. You did? <laughs> I watched the first three episodes last mm-hmm. night because I didn't know what else to do with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fantastic. Uh, do you watch, but, do, like the idea of you being up on all that culture, Yeah. on the pop culture, does it get old? Um, sure. I mean, there's... For me, there's like, you know, everybody has a certain percentage of pop culture that they like to ingest. Mm-hmm. And then there's a percentage that you've always ignored or don't care about uh, that I now have to be up on to some degree. But like I said, not a very deep degree. Right. <laughs> um, just as much as I think our average audience member probably knows about it. Are you a TMZ um, person at all? I'm not. I can't get interested. I can't, I can't fucking do that. Man, I th- it again, makes me I look sad, at- that man. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> just like, stop. Looking at, you're fine. You have enough money now. Stop it. Leave it, at least leave it up to a younger douchebag. <laughs> I don't know what what it is about his age. I know, but it, he was a California. He was a he was um he did story. He was an he was an L.A. reporter, wasn't he? I think so. he was legitimate. I think. To yeah, some he was degree. legitimate for a long time, and then he, he takes that twist. Um, like something happens. Like what happened with Dennis Miller? Oh yeah. And you go Very what? Strange. What happened to you? Yeah, it would be interesting to find if there was a break point <laughs> somewhere. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. What would what that breaking to, point be? I can't Where do imagine. you do it? I wouldn't. I would not want to speculate. <laughs> no, neither would I, because you go into that deep and dark and sad place where yeah. it's like suddenly he's like, doing that, and what happens is, and he can't help it because he's evolving into the person that he is. Right. Right. But but you look at him and you go, oh my God, you're fading away. You're fading away. <laughs> right. You're fading away, and now you're on yeah. Fox with. Um, right. All these, right? I mean, he does that. He does that. He's super into that. Right. I don't understand it. I can't imagine what. It's a little scary to watch somebody else doing that. Right. Because then you start to think about yourself. I'm like, oh, what am I going to be? <laughs> Where am I going to be on the spectrum of you know sanity or political thought or mm-hmm. whatever? Did you? Did this election get you? Years? Get you going? Did it get you? Did it did. It, get... it had me very much on edge for right. what a year and a half now. Isn't that crazy? How long it was? It's crazy how long it was, and I'm still like experiencing new waves of relief all the time. Right. In the last few days. Right. Just that it's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, the result is what I wanted, but just the fact that it's over and it's not being talked about anymore is has just freed up so much psychological space, so much cultural space in this country. Like, right. We're like, oh, oh, by the way, the fiscal cliff is coming. Right. <laughs> Whatever that is. 48 days. I'm right. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot we had that. Right. And, and it's also, it, I know that it, 
it makes me, it allows me to breathe. It allows me to look at other things in the world like art and <laughs> right. reading other things other than uh, Nate Silver's column and yes. reading the book that I wanted to read yeah. and and all that and going to a little bit of fantasy books, right. you know. Um, not fa those kind of fantasy books, which are always <laughs> in the background, but those other <laughs> fantasy books and all that stuff that clears me out that I think makes me a better person. Because if I yes. keep going into that, it drives me crazy, and I oh, become, yeah. and I look at everybody like, like when I went to Vienna, um, I went to Vienna, <laughs> and I would just sit on a bus in Vienna and look at all these old people and go, and think, okay, it's, it's 1998, you're 75, you were around when Hitler was around, and you <laughs> are responsible for my family dying. You know, I'm looking at going, like all that stuff. Like, <laughs> right. You know? Something, I think it's the architecture. It's like, oh, time didn't pass here. <laughs> I still have to be wary of you. Right, these, right. So these, looking these at... These are the same buildings in the photographs from that era. Absolutely. Yeah, and looking at the world right now, looking at the people that are... that, that I, My whole thing... And you're in New York in this... I, I literally and figuratively on an island. I am in L.A. figuratively on an island. Right. And the island <laughs> right. is the island of sanity. This is what I think. The island of sanity. The island of people like me. The island of <laughs> right. respectful, tolerant people. <laughs> you know, that's the island. I just want to note that you just described L.A. as an island of sanity. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, politically. Politically. Like, I understand. That, politically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you feel you feel that, that the... Uh, I, I like it here better because I've, I agree with you that it's an island of sanity in that sense. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yes, people are aware of the environment here, at least. They're aware of their diets. They get a little silly sometimes, mm -hmm. but, you know, they're liberal in politics like I am. Right. I'm I sorry. I need to say that we're in New York today. Oh, yeah. Because normally we're in L.A. We should okay, say that. Yeah. Thank so, God, because my apartment's here. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the thing that always drove me crazy about L.A. is the industry town aspect mm -hmm. and the fact that so few people wanted to talk about anything else or cared about much else. Mm -hmm. And I like being in New York because it's an industry town in that there's plenty of industry here, but there's also people doing other stuff. Right. And so you get, a, I feel like, a nice healthy mix of people who are doing exactly what I'm doing, mm -hmm. people who are doing approximately what I'm doing, and then people who are just... I know lawyers. I didn't know any lawyers in L.A. They're out there, I'm sure, but right. they're writing screenplays. <laughs> right, exactly. You know? Right, right. They're lawyers. Right, they're um, lawyers by writing screenplays. Oh, boy, have um, I heard people like... <laughs> I'm uh, enjoying the mix and match aspect. So um, do you... Don't you also think that it's partly uh, the... the um, and I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this in a... Um, in a you're in a different strata, you're in right now. You are. You left L.A. where right. you were struggling. You were along among, right. among struggling people. <laughs> sure. And you came out to New York with a job, work writing on yes. Saturday Night Live, right? And True. and these people are here, and they're done with that bullshit. They're done with the struggling, aren't they? I think they are. I mean, you never know. You never know, but it's business. a rarer breed. And I feel over like there. You, you'll always have to say you never know. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like knocking on wood. Um, but yes. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, a, that's a different... I mean, there are people in New York who are struggling. But, the, actors, but you don't... But they're mostly, like, Broadway actors and dancers. And mm -hmm. I go I go to the theaters, I go to UCB, and mm -hmm. I see, you know, people who are like, I want your job. And, you know, 22-year-old kids who moved here from Texas and right. don't know what's going on. Right. Um, and But, yeah, you don't look at it the same way once you've, you know... Got the job. No, certainly. At Second City, how often did we talk about, you know, when I was in the resident company, how often did we sit around and talk about, you know, the sketch making and, hey, they got this and I didn't get that and why oh, is it like <laughs> all that bullshit? We're done with that. Right. At least I thought I'm when so I was on main stage. than that guy who got hired. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. I had somebody who said to me, when I got hired, two people that were, you know, in a resident company looked at me and said, we didn't think you were going to get hired. We don't understand why you got hired. Like, what did you just <laughs> right? say? To your face? What did you say? Yeah, to my face. <laughs> oh, my what God. did you say? Like, that was really, obviously, that's, an, that's a horrible thing to say. Um, coming here, though, coming here or being here or being, doing what you're doing, doing what I'm doing, it, it, there's a, I can breathe. <laughs> I can breathe. I can look at my life. Yeah. I don't have to look behind me. I don't look at, not that I would ever do that, look in front of me and say, what's yeah. next, what's next, what's next, what's yes. next. Yeah, there's a very clear like staircase in L.A. Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, I'm here, 
my friend uh, just got a walk-on in a sitcom, so he's here. Right. And my other friend's been writing on a sitcom for three years, so she's up here. Mm -hmm. You're just, like, always aware of that stereotype. I have so many friends in L.A. who are just terrified to go out because they hate that question. Really? So what are you doing? Oh, boy. <laughs> they just were like, I don't go to parties anymore. Or I only go to parties with people who are getting nowhere. But the thing is that those people really need to... Well, I, I, if they should, yeah, yeah, they should be talking to people who are working. <laughs> but it's also, they have to look at what it is that they're doing. And you never thought that you'd be doing this, did you? I wasn't sure. Right. I, you know, I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to write for this show. Mm -hmm. um, ever <clears> since... <throat> I don't remember what year it was, probably 82, somewhere in there. There was a show that Nick Nolte was supposed to host, and um, they said he was sick. I don't know what happened. Um, and at the, like, at the last moment on Saturday, he didn't show up or wasn't able to do it, and they just had Eddie Murphy, who was a fairly new cast member, they just had him host instead. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching that show, and he did a monologue where he was explaining what had happened, and he was so like hyped up. And I was like, oh, I want to be where that happens. You want to be where what where, happens? Where you fucking do it anyway. Right. <laughs> you figure it out. Right. You, you know, you're in a, all these people have all this talent. Everything's been prepared. And you're like, I will figure it out and we'll mm -hmm. do it live. Right. <laughs> and it'll be something. Do you feel the pressure of the live show or it at this do. point? I do. It varies from week to week, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you always do. And, you know, Lauren says it all the time. The show doesn't go on because it's ready. It goes on because it's 1130. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes... But that's your life, too. You know, you could say, when am I going to be ready? When am I going to oh, be sure. ready? When am I going to be exactly. ready? Exactly. Am I ready to date? Well, no, of course not. Right. Like, nobody's ready for that. No, it's no. It's a horrible experience. But you it's also go, the you idea, do it. am I ready to end this relationship and start this other relationship? <laughs> right. Whatever right. the case may be. Right, exactly. There's well, no ready. There's no ready. There you know what no there ready. also isn't? There's no next... Yeah. There is no such thing as next. I was thinking about that. The idea of to say you're next, it's like, no, the guy behind me is next. I'm now. <laughs> if somebody says right. you're next, I'm like, no, he's next. I'm now. <laughs> right. And the idea of I am now, that idea, mm -hmm. I am here, I am now. Yeah. It's not what's about to happen. It's the idea that it's happening now. Yeah. Well, that comes through uh, in the show a lot, mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure, because there is no, well, you know, there's no later Right. For us. So even on a Monday, there's work to be done. Right. For Saturday, we're hard at work. Um, you know, there's steps that occur during the week, and but there's always, you're always in whatever moment you're in. And this last show, we had, um, it was particularly pressing that it was live. <laughs> you know, the liveness of the show. Like mm -hmm. I said, some weeks it's more apparent than others. Last week it was super apparent. Mm -hmm. As we had done, um, there was an Obama sketch that was supposed to open the show. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, it was decided at 11 p.m. that it would not open the show and that we would rewrite it. We being mostly Brian Tucker, the genius who wrote it in the first place, mm -hmm. was in the back room with you know, one of our script people frantically typing away, rewriting it to put into update. Mm -hmm. Oh, so to take that whole idea and to take the whole idea, it in, shrink it down a little bit, mm -hmm. put it into update, mm -hmm. add lines for Seth so that there was some interplay. Right. I'm on the script, changing, you know, camera notes. Like, right. Oh, well, we need some two shots in here. We need a one shot. It's eleven fourteen. Is it crazy it making? Was a or is lot it, of that. But it, but I look just you saying it. I get really pumped up about it. Yeah. The idea that that's why that makes you alive at that moment. Sure. That makes this job different than you sitting at home authoring. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, especially since I've started producing Weekend Update, I've been feeling it a lot more. How long ago did you start doing that? I started. Um, well, I started about two years ago. Mm -hmm. I was co-producing for half a season. Right. And then it was all mine last season uh -huh. and this season. Um, and that really draws you out because before that, you pretty much are authoring. Right. And, you know, you're helping some with the line, but you're mostly watching people that's run why you're, back That's and why forth. you're doing the two shots thing. That's why you're talking <laughs> right. about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why I'm talking about camera shots. Right. And, like, oh, we've got to keep Seth alive in this feature because mm -hmm. this reason and that reason. <laughs> There's, like... Eight levels of reasons that I have to remember. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's really been like, oh, I'm one of the people running in circles now. Mm -hmm. I used to, 
you know, just write my jokes and I would wait. Are you still writing your jokes? Still writing the jokes. Uh -huh. Yeah, I still write three pages a day. It was like 150 jokes a week, I think. I remember when you were in L.A. and you were saying, that, that maybe this is apocryphal, but I really thought that this was the story, that you would submit every week. Oh, yeah, week. I was faxing then. Right. And so you were faxing, you were faxing jokes on Saturday or Sunday? I, yeah, um, I think it was, uh, they would go in Thursday, mm -hmm. but we would get setups all week. Who's we? Um, well, me and like, however many other faxers there are, like 30, 35 people. Oh, so you're hired as faxers? You're not hired. I'm sorry. You're just, you're, you're on invited. this list. Uh -huh. <laughs> you're, yeah. And how did you get to that point? I got to that point by submitting sketch packets, because mm -hmm. I had wanted to come on as a sketch writer. Right. This is years ago now. And I got interviewed, and they were like, oh, you did great. We hired three people, and you came in fourth place. Uh-huh. Um, Please submit again next year. In the meantime, if you want, you can send in jokes for a weekend update. Right. If you write a really good one and they use it, you know, you get a hundred bucks. It's like, okay, great, I'll do that. It's a good exercise. Right. Whatever. <coughs> like I never really wrote jokes before. Right. I, I like to think in terms, you know, of like these grand premises and all that, but mm -hmm. I'll try it. And I sort of, you know, self-taught myself. Right. Because that's what you just, do. The, the, is, sure. is that self-taught is that self-taught the idea of looking at the jokes that because in 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 the gestalt of the, the the American culture and the gestalt of the American culture everyone is probably doing the same jokes. They're submitting the yeah. same the same areas of jokes, yes, right? Same area, so, of course. so you're looking at the joke that made it, comparing it right. to the joke that you wrote that didn't make yeah, it. You're reverse engineering. Exactly. A lot. Right. Oh, that is a fantastic joke. Right. How'd they get there? Right. They must have done <laughs> this is the thought process that mm -hmm. leads you back. So yeah, I did a lot of that. I would watch everything all week long and mm -hmm. like, try to do it myself. I'm like, no, I broke it again. Right, I can't figure it out. <laughs> but, you know, but you enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed, enjoyed, the, I enjoyed, you enjoyed the, the challenge. The sort of weird mathematics of it. Right. I mean, there's no exact formula for writing jokes, but there almost is. Right. Which is infuriating in some sense. Because you're like, I wish I could just click, learn the formula, right. and then I wouldn't have to sweat at work for eight hours a day. Well, what do you get out of, out of the sweat at work for eight hours a day? There's got to be something you get out, you, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's like solving super hard little puzzles all right. day long. Mm -hmm. And you're, you know, you're angry as hell for 45 minutes, and then you're like, pop, oh, I found it. Right. There's the joke. But isn't the oh, angry for delightful. 45 minutes part of it? The oh, angry absolutely. for 45 minutes is yeah. just the most oh, beautiful part Oh, it would be a joyless exercise if you just found the formula. Right. And wrote. <laughs> so, but it's like you have to go into these depths of despair. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. This, you know, we have one joke set up that you're looking at. It's a man in Florida was arrested for whatever. Right. <laughs> just like, there's got to be something in there. <laughs> what is there? What? Okay, what do I know about Florida? I know these things. There's alligators, there's golf, it's humid, there's bugs. <laughs> you go right. through your list. Right. There's like old a, Jews. All right, right. Those I sort do of things. anything with that. And the block of cheese that he stole. Like, all right, cheese, what do I know about cheese? Right. It's just like, you know, it's like a swarm of bees in your head, and then it goes quiet. And you're like, oh, I found it. See, that's oh, the moment. Oh, I type right it up. there. And you're like, oh. And that's usually when I'm like, oh, okay, great. Time to go for a walk around the offices. <laughs> right. And then I'll come back and try to get another one. <sighs> it's so, so glad. 30 of those every Did day. you read, uh, you've heard about uh, Jonah Lair, who wrote the book. He wrote that. Jonah Lair. Was it Jonah Lair? Wrote know. the book called Imagine. And it was that okay. book that it was about creativity and how creativity oh. pops and how it all works together. Oh, you know? I don't and think I know is, that book. What's that? I don't think I know that one. Well, you probably don't now because it was <laughs> uh, the, he was he was a uh, he was a staff writer on the New Yorker, okay. I think New Yorker. And then it turns out he tells a story about Bob Dylan, uh, a quote of Bob Dylan talking about. Uh, uh, a, a song that he was writing, struggling. I was struggling with the song, and I was writing. I didn't know it was a song. I didn't know it was going to be a song or a book. And he goes, I don't know if it's going to be a song or a book. And he said, and then it then it turned into a book, a song, a song. And that was whatever the song was, uh, right. whatever what the song was. And it was like, oh, that's really cool. And then one day, some guy said to Joan Lair, I hope I get his name right. Um, where's that quote? Where'd you find that quote? And Joan Lair says, it's a quote. Um, I gotta go, pew! And it's like, oh, no. uh, 
Well, and then the guy called again. He's like, well, "Yeah, but where'd you get it?" Because I'm, you know, I'd love to see the rest of that quote. I was like, "Well, it's in the place." Of, I gotta go. My mom's calling me. You know, like, oh, no. and it's like it turns out there was no quote. Oh, boy. Then he made up the quote, and then the publisher Harper and Row, I think, okay, stopped the printing. I gave everyone who bought the book that could prove they had the book <laughs> a refund. Wow, everyone. Wow. So in this book, though, so you're looking at that book, and that might be the reason it's not on the shelves anymore, <laughs> except in used bookstores. But it just happened, I don't know, this year. And I was really into it because the, what you were talking about, the idea of the struggle is the bottom, the huge part of the oh, glacier. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that people give up at that time. It's sort of the book. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, what was the name of the book? Uh, the, War, the War of Art. Are you familiar with that book? I've the guy who wrote Bagger Vance wrote that book. Oh, and wow. you go, anyway. <laughs> so he's looking, and his, his point is that we get to a point where there's something called resistance. And right. what you have to do is accept this as yes. being resistance and then say, it's just resistance, that's all. <laughs> right. You know, it's not cancer, I didn't that's, lose my arm. That's what flushes a lot of people out. Right. Yeah. And so when I right say to you, when you say, when they say, okay, you're no, here's the good news, you're number four, here's the bad news, we just pick three. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and at that point, you go, you, you didn't say, ah, how come? Right. You said, back what? Back to law school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? Yeah. And people going back to law school. Sure. Why do they go back to law school? They go back to law school because that's what they, they think they the should do. And it's also, it, right, exactly. Yeah. And it starts out with the path of least resistance. Right. And it turns into the path of most resistance. Sure, because you're not doing anything interesting or anything you want to be doing. Exactly. Yeah. And so... When you don't go to law school after you signed up to go to law school, you look at yourself and you go, I'm lazy. <laughs> right? right? You're not lazy. You're right. just not compelled to go are to law school. Are you doing something? Are right. you chasing something? Right. Is there anything you care about? Right. You're fine. You're Have you, fine. You, you, so, your apartment's a horrible mess, but you're fine. <laughs> right. You're fine. Your yeah. mind is fine. Your heart is fine. Your yeah. life is fine. You're looking at life and, and, and picking up those things. And I think that if I, if I go through my apartment... Like right now, I always leave my apartment clean so that when I get back, <laughs> it's clean. Yeah. Right? And if anybody clean my apartment, I live alone, and that's what it is. <laughs> so I can walk and go, it's clean. If it's not clean, it's not clean. <laughs> it's not that I'm a douchebag or I'm a <laughs> right. scum. It's just that I'm, it's only, not clean. Literally only talking about the state of the apartment. <laughs> exactly. It's not the state of my heart. It's not that I killed right. somebody. <laughs> right. But it goes back to... I'm doing to, something else right now. Right. <laughs> right. It's that also that feeling of the Catholicism thing that keeps coming oh, back yeah. too. Sure. Yeah. Is the are there any stains on your soul? <laughs> and <laughs> well, what are you my gonna... apartment's a mess. Right. Like, well. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you're asked to feel exceedingly terrible about things that you shouldn't even have a feeling about. <laughs> My, my former mother-in-law, boy, she was, she, you, you can tell that she was holding herself back from the joy that was this lifetime for the promise of something else. Yes. <clears throat> right. And so what, what, what you're doing is, what all artists that I think that, that I talk to that sit in that, symbolically sit in that chair, they're, they're doing something now that they want to do now. Right. And it's also... You did, did you think that you were going to be a producer? I didn't. No, I had not right. thought that far ahead. Right. I you thought, didn't think that far ahead. if I will get this job and I can stay there for two seasons, I will feel like I have done what I wanted to do. How many seasons has it been? It, I'm on my ninth season now. <laughs> how many people are on their ninth season? Or um, how, how many people have been there longer? Nine is a long time to be there. Most people, are, are, um, most people I think, who come through that show... Mm-hmm did not intend to come to that show and stay there. Right. Um, there are many who do, and there are certainly people who have been there longer than I have. Right. You know, Jim Downey, who writes uh, the political sketches and some of the debates, he started season two. Uh-huh. He was a cast member. Wow, 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 so, wow. Yeah, and he's still part of the machine. Um, and they're, Is he joyful? He is in a sense. <laughs> but I, you know, there's certain character. people that are like. He is in the work for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it and his life? That is his life. Ton of passion about, you know, each word 
mm-hmm. in the sketches that he writes. Mm-hmm. He, I know he's he sits at home with a yellow legal pad and he writes them and he dictates them over the phone mm-hmm. to uh, his assistant, like, and she types them up. And it's very, it's very like nineteen fifties newsroom the way he <laughs> likes to do it. But it's like, That's how I work. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> do you do you? I, I I talk to my students about this about the idea that when you're an improviser, um, you're also and I know this sounds really rude. You're also a poet, and <laughs> y, y, because you get to say this thing in that way, right. and when you when a sentence comes out of your mouth that is a beautiful sentence, I I, <laughs> I invite them to say it again. You know the idea. <laughs> right. Listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. You said yeah. that. Own that. Hold on to that. And say to yourself, that was a great sentence that I just had. <laughs> that was a wonderful thing that I just came up with by myself. And I'm going back again. I, I, I don't often <laughs> keep going back to this. The idea of Catholicism says, be careful. Oh, yeah. Be careful. Watch you don't what want you to, say. Right, exactly. You, <laughs> right. Don't want, you don't want to become that person. But as an artist, I get to do yeah. that. It's yeah. It's the opposite of Catholicism in so many ways because it was you know it was all about restraint. Right. It's restraining how you feel. It's restraining what you believe. It's mm-hmm. you know, rest- restraining your thirst for evidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all right. And you know, being an artist or being creative is the opposite. You have to let go of restraint. And it's you know I find it harder for me than it is for a lot of people, but I think that makes it better in a lot of ways. What does that mean? What do you mean that in the uh, fruit? What does that mean? What's harder for me? Yeah. Uh, to let go of this idea of restraining yourself. Mm-hmm. And I still do it all the time when I'm writing jokes. I'm like, I have to let go. I have to remember to let go of the TV show and re- work on the joke. Right. Stop thinking about, can we do this on the air? Right. Is there something else in the show that's similar to this? How is Lauren going to feel? How mm-hmm. will Seth like this joke? It's like you have to let all that go. It's yep. so interesting. Left to, that Catholicism has to go away. And it's, it's the same it's like, thing just with... Just write the fucking joke. The worst thing that could happen is you typed for 11 seconds and it didn't get on TV. <laughs> that is the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> Type it up and keep going. Right. It's like, it should be the easiest thing in the world, but right. it's so hard. It, those thoughts keep intruding. It's like, Lauren even, doesn't like that word. Right. Well, even as you, you get old, even as you keep having success, not success, well, we'll say success. Even if you keep having success with it, you're still struggling over the governor that says, look at the end of the thing. What is the end going to be? Because right. when, and it's the same thing with, with improvisation is, as you know, when you're looking at the end of the piece, you're not creating in the moment yeah, of that piece. You're not where you have to be. Right. 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 And it's sort of like, the way that you're describing crafting a joke, the idea of, okay, we've got these elements. Right. That's all that we have. Yeah, that's all I have. Those are in my hands. Right. I can't think about where they're going. No. I can't think about how this is going to play Saturday. Mm-hmm. Is the dress rehearsal audience going to be younger than the air audience? <laughs> like all these right, thoughts that right. creep into your head. Um, well, of all the jokes that you've go. written, what was the one that you, 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 that you looked at and you went, wow, that's, that's poetry. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or, or do you not I don't think know if I way? use the, that word. No, I understand, but you know what I but mean. Yeah, I, go, I mean, well, it's all, you know, if you want to be uh, strict about it, it's all poetry. Right. Because it's all Which is the one that you using put together. language as beautifully as you can right. toward whatever purpose you're after. Right. Um, I remember one that I really, really liked because I think it was like... Um, it was for Tina when Tina and Amy were co-hosting years and years ago. Um, I'll just tell you what it was because I remember it very well. Mm-hmm. It was about Bruce Willis. Uh, he was going back on tour with his band. So Bruce Willis and his band, The Accelerators, are going on a 17-city tour this spring. Tickets will go on sale anyway. <laughs> was the joke. <laughs> I was like, I loved... It, and it was one of those that you like. You work on it and work on it and work on it, and then it just pops into your head from a completely different angle. You're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I I want to say that this you know tour will be a negative experience. They won't be very good. This isn't great music. How will I say this? <laughs> so I was like, "Well, what is this? What is the next line? If this is a news story, what is the next line?" Right. The tickets will go on sale on this date. <laughs> So I was like, okay, tickets will go on sale anyway. <laughs> that, that is why tickets will go on sale and if you just anyway. Like rip the carpet out from under the audience. And that's why your your excuse me. That's why your tweets are 
so funny. They I really love Twitter are. so much. I know you do. It's and you, such a great tool. It really seems like the succinctity, if that's a word, of what you do and what Rob Delaney does. Mm-hmm. Um, because I look at what he does and oh, it's yeah. like, man, he kills me all <laughs> the time. all day long. Do you know him? I've met him a couple times. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic dude. Is he really? Yeah. He seems like it. He's one of those dudes that's just like bursting at the seams with the joy of life. Right. <laughs> one of those guys. Oh my God, I would love to have him it's like, as well. That's so nice to know because I look yeah. at his stuff and he oh, does seem so him. positive. He is, yeah. And a lot of his stuff is just filth. <laughs> it's oh, it's, it's <laughs> Or whole, it's really mean. Right, it's really, and he's self But you can, you can see the joy in it. <clears throat> right. You know. Right. And, and, and to look at stand-ups and go, why are you so angry? <laughs> because you've got to know that your anger is what happens. I, I, you can't possibly not be appreciating yeah. what you're doing underneath the costume that oh, you're sure. wearing. Well, you have to look at the stand-ups who are the great ones mm-hmm. at it. And you always will find that they're joyful mm-hmm. at some level. Mm-hmm. It may not be the material, it may be the performance, but like Louis C.K. Right talks about the grimmest things and, you know, talks about his children in the most awful terms. Right. But you can see that there's a glee to, like, I'm sharing this secret with you. Exactly. He has such glee with an audience. Um, and John Mulaney, who wrote for the show for a while, was a brilliant stand-up comic, mm-hmm. um, is just, like, you know, filled with joy. And right. He's such a joyful observer of the things around him. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's even so much when he's better. saying horrible things about people or himself... Or whatever you can, like the, all the successful ones, I think have this level of joy or glee. They're you know, and you want to be around them. Yeah, well, and they draw the you thing. in. It's like, oh, I want tell me things. <laughs> I right. want this person to tell me things. Right, and and, and and to know that that one thing isn't necessarily like their love for what they the joy that they bring the world is. The joy that they bring the world, the, the fact that they love their job, those two things are so interconnected. Absolutely. Because I look at someone and I go, I want to talk to that person. Yeah. I want to hang out with that person. I think what happens is a lot of stand-ups make the mistake of watching those guys and they say, oh, he's talking about how much he hates his family and he's talking about how horrible life is and right. how scary death is. Mm-hmm. Those things are grim. I should be grim. Right. That'll work. <clears throat> it's like, no, that doesn't do you any service if you don't have the underlying glee, <laughs> joy, or like the wink and nudge with the audience. If you're just grim, <laughs> that, how is that fun for anyone? Right. And and I look at the show that you're on, and it was the same thing with me at Second City, where I look at people and I and I look at, I would watch people that are in the resident company, and I would I would say, why are you so angry? Do you realize what you have right now? Oh, yeah. Do you understand like, where you are right now? I'm just laughing because three or four names just popped into my head immediately. Sure. sure. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, those people didn't do well. No, and, and what ends up happening is, no, they didn't do well. Yeah. They didn't do well. They and didn't have some and I want to grab them and go, listen, stop it. Right. Just are stop it. People who would, like, fight against the very nature of what they were trying to do. Right. Like, they would fight the yes and rule. Right. Like, really, don't. <laughs> Why are you here? It's also fighting the producer. Yeah. And, and and fighting the paycheck. Fighting the paycheck and finding the room. Right. Or the oh, audience. Oh, my God. I was on tour with someone. I remember the first tour that I went on um, in the touring company. And this woman who had obviously been touring for too long. We went to a restaurant. <laughs> it was like a Denny's. And she, uh, we're all sitting at a big table. And uh, the waitress comes up and she says, can I get you anything? <laughs> and, the, and this woman looked up and she goes, yeah, change the music. <laughs> and I'm thinking, change the music? Who's even listening to the music? <laughs> you can't order that. <laughs> yeah, who's, exactly. yeah, the music is just <laughs> filling in a blank. Right. And wow. it is filling in a blank. Yeah. Because really, for me, I'm looking at the going, the blank is what are you what are you angry at and where can you <laughs> fucking pop that? Who's can you pop that zit on? <laughs> right. Yeah. Take that anger and turn it inward. Mm-hmm. And then it, then you might become creative. Yeah, it's it the idea of, of, of it's also the idea of you, your expectations like I never thought I would be here why have I been here for so long and all that stuff and there's that great phrase replace ambition with gratefulness the idea of where is it that you want to go because you're not there where is it that you are right now and just be here right now and right. know that that's going to take you where it is that you are right. the fact that you were and it's so interesting the fact that you were number four of three <laughs> right. gave you the job that you're at right now didn't it it did 
Yeah, if I, you know, I don't know what would have happened if I'd gotten hired then. Right, um, yeah, and, and your voice is this. Right. And then there's a guy who came up with Twitter, <laughs> which fits perfectly with... So perfectly, God damn it, Twitter is so fantastic. It really, it really, it's really is. Now at a point, uh, I have enough followers that it's a really effective little, <coughs> I call it a portable audience, because mm -hmm. you can just like, from anywhere in the world, Oh, I have this thought. I wonder if it's funny. Mm -hmm. I'll tweet it. I'll wait and see what the response is. Right, it's, and that's it. And that's it. It's right and, there. Uh, that's really interesting. The and idea I, that and like who responds to it. Mm -hmm. You know, I also know enough people. You know, right? Can see, like, oh, this crowd really digs it, or this crowd really hates it, or oh, I pissed off a lot of women. Oh, let me re-examine that. <laughs> you know, or I'm, somebody called me a racist. Let me re-examine what happened there. Oh my you God! Know? So you've become. Um, it really is like a. A tool. It's a tool, but it's also it's a venue. It's also a venue. Yeah, I feel like I use it. You're a Twitterist. I use. It. <laughs> God, is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking it must. I'm thinking it's got to be. I wonder if it should be or not. Um, yeah, I feel like you can. You know, sometimes it's a tool. Sometimes it's a venue. Right. Sometimes it's a psychologist. Right. <laughs> right. Whatever you need it to be. Um, it's certainly a for laboratory. Me, I, for me, it was. Uh, it, it's another. It's another venue for my for my political voice. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't. You know. Because like, are you are you kidding me? A R A I R U K I D D I N G M E, and it's like I got plenty of room right. now. I gotta get succinct. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could fill this fucking thing up. But it does. It. it how many? How many people write for the week for weekend update? There are three of us writing jokes. Mm -hmm. And then the features, the guests that come on, are right. usually written by sketch writers. Uh huh. Or sometimes, oh, I see. Right. Sometimes by Seth. Right. As, right. Right. As he is the head writer. Right. Um, in general, like sometimes we cook them up in in house, but not mm -hmm. very often. What's your title? Your title is producer and yeah, uh, produced and written by. So producer and head writer of Weekend Update. Mm hmm. Um, How nice, Alex. It is nice. Fucking nice, man. <laughs> That's really, really it is nice. Delightful. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I got there, got the job, you know, two or three seasons in, four seasons. I was like, okay, I can do this job. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this as, you know, as well as other people who are in the same position. Right. And then there became a point where I was like, well, what do I want now? And I, I hadn't even thought about it for four years. I was just like so delighted to be there. And then you start to think, well, what do I want now? Right. Oh, I want the steering wheel now. Right. <laughs> now, right. now I want. Now I want to be in charge of deciding which jokes go on, right? Or at least helping to, and where they go, and what the voice of this thing is to oh, some degree. Great. Um, and so, like, I started wanting that, and then you know, two, three years, and it came. <laughs> you started wanting that, and then was now. I know there's a lot of people go, "Come on, Dave," but there's that idea <laughs> of manifesting it. Yeah. I yeah I don't know. Here's what I think about manifesting it. Mm -hmm. I think I don't quite believe that you manifest things in, in sort of a magical airy fairy way. I think uh, you <coughs> if you're ready, that's all the manifesting you have to do. Right. It's the recognition. <laughs> you if have to you, be ready. Right. It's the recognition and the acknowledgement that that's what you that's what right. you want. And I don't. For me, I don't go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get a castle. It's right. more along the lines so of I'm gonna, what do I see? Yeah. And it's not a specific thing. I want a red hat. I, you know, that's <laughs> right. not the manifestation. The manifestation is the idea of you know what? It's getting cold out. I'm gonna get a hat. Right. Do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get a hat. I'm yeah. just gonna get a hat. You want to go today? Yeah. Like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. The hat's gonna come some other time, but it's gonna come. Yeah. For me, it feels like uh, just be ready for things. Uh, it doesn't, you, not even necessarily a thing you want, but I just like, I knew how to write jokes mm -hmm. and was, you know, doing it well for a while. And so I started to look at the bigger picture. So I think, okay, I know this. What do I not know yet? Right. I don't know how it's put together. Mm -hmm. I don't really understand. So I taught, tried to learn about that. Right. How did you do that? Uh, just watching with that filter. Right, but it's also it's watching just, with an inquisitiveness and yeah, excitement to, that's what to I mean. look You're at. Sort of like, right. I'm, I'm it's not, not just watching the jokes now. Right. But it wasn't work. It wasn't like, no. oh, i got to figure it out. It's oh, like, God, I get no. to figure it out. Like, how the fuck right. does that work? So, I mean, we're just going to let it, you know, and I'll watch this and I'll watch other shows and mm -hmm. see what they do mm -hmm. and what order their jokes go in mm -hmm. and how often they stray from the character or whatever the case may be and you know, keep an eye on all this stuff. And there comes a point where you've learned a bunch of it and you're ready. And, you know, 
And then it maybe it happens at the moment you're ready, right. or it happens seven years after you're ready. But it but it will come your way. Exactly. You know, and things are coming your way all the time, but you don't notice them because you're not ready for them. That's that is. You know? I was going to say hilarious, but that's just that's exactly it. It's the like, idea of oh, the opportunity to be a lawyer might come by me, but I was like, oh, I'm not ready for that. I don't know anything about lawyering. And to say that you don't, so off it goes. Right, and to say that uh, that'll never happen. <laughs> we don't know that that no. won't happen. You, if I become it. interested in it, I will ready myself for right. it. Right. <laughs> and then it'll come. But currently, that does not interest me. I think a lot of people say, it's got to be this. And the people that you were talking about that live in L.A. that say, that don't want to go right. out of their house, they're not wanting to go out of right. their house because they're not at that place yet to go. To say to themselves, I, I, I know this is such a weird thing, I'm in process. I'm in process. Right. Where it is that I am is yeah. where I am. Right. Just because I'm not what it is that I want it to be doesn't mean I'm not anything. It's the difference between I'm not ready and I'm getting ready. Right. I am preparing. Exactly. Part well, of my preparation is to go to this party and have a conversation with somebody who works on a sitcom. Now I'll learn a little something there. I can put that away for later. I'll talk to somebody you know who's been at it for 20 years and they'll teach me something different. And I'll put that. I'm getting ready. Right. And if you stay part in, of it is you also get nowhere getting sitting at home. And part of it is also <laughs> the idea of you getting out of that home, not yeah. sitting in that home, right. prepares you for to talk to people about the expectations that other people have, your expectations right. that aren't met, all of those things. Because you, what's the use of sitting alone in your room? You know, <laughs> life is a cabaret. Uh, I've turned it fabulous. <laughs> um, but it's that idea of get out, talk to somebody, let right. that bullshit go because what you're holding right. onto in that moment, you don't need to hold on to it. Because you know what? I don't want to talk to you if you're going to go, <laughs> right. well, I really should be doing this or I got to be doing right. that. Not interested. Well, yeah, whatever you're beating yourself up about, nobody else gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Going nobody back to Catholicism. I'm going eight back. pounds overweight. Nobody noticed. Nope. <laughs> nobody nobody cares. And you're not hurting anybody's feelings. Right. And nobody's going, why are you doing that to me? You're, all... you're wearing the wrong clothes and it offends me. <laughs> right. You know? It's that. Right. It's that. If you've covered your genitals, you're ready to go out. Exactly. <laughs> and if you, go. Right, exactly. Go. And if you don't cover your genitals, stay home. Right. Stay That's, stay the, home That's the venue you know, for you. To, maybe just to the end of the driveway for exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The end of the driveway. Um, okay, let's get to the end. That's the end of the driveway. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'm going to put my genitals away. You better. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. That was Thank really great. Thank you. Good. Today's episode was sponsored by Modern Drunkard Magazine. For more information, go to www.moderndrunkardmagazine.com. Standing up for your right to get falling down drunk since 1996. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I am Ian Foley, and this is Mama Mel. Sometimes I wish I had three hands so I could flip people off inside air quotes and for other reasons too. Prepare for enlightenment so bright, it will sunburn your soul with Mama Mel. I recently had the pleasure of meeting and partying with a group of folks in their early 20s. It was Amy's birthday. Yay! Synopsis? Tweeting and power drinking. Neither being an interest of mine, I was a little bored right up until Amy, the birthday girl, vomited on her best friend's head. Didn't think it was gonna go down exactly like that, but knew it was going down after watching a 90-pound Amy down 90 different shots, so I kept an eye on her and had the pleasure of witnessing the entire disgusting, hilarious event unfurl, complete with violent rehearsal wrenching, puffed, chunk-filled cheeks, covering her clenched lips with her hand in futility, then just like Old Faithful, finally spewing on her BFF Jody's head and shoulders. Priceless. I have got to get out more often. Seriously, those girls were great. Young, dumb, and full of fun, just like Mama Mel was at their age. <laughs>